HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Hearst Ranch, the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. For more information, visit HearstRanch.com. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org, a nonprofit, member-supported radio station. We're millions strong, with folks tuning in from over 200 countries. We are education. We are entertainment. We are the future of food. May is our membership drive. Become a member and support us while receiving e-newsletters, advanced invites, special discounts, and a membership card. We need your support. Visit our website and click the donate button to become a member today. Thank you for believing in us and enjoy the show. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm your host, Damon Bolte. May is membership month here at Heritage Radio, and it is of the utmost importance for members and listeners to help us out and uh, help us continue with uh, bringing you all the information and entertainment that we uh, do on a weekly basis. And, uh, and also, you know, like Jack... Jack skateboard broke a wheel. Like we need, we need people to donate so we can get him back on his wheels. You know, how he's, am I going to get to work? How's he going to get to work? How am I going to do the show? I have no idea how to run the board or the computer. I am so like technical. Te- I can't even say te- technology. I can't do it. We need Jack. We're a mess. We are a mess. But with your support, we will clean up our act <laughs> and continue to rock it out. So speaking of rocking it out. We've got one of the most rock star bartenders in New York City, Charles Hardwick. Welcome to the show. Thank you, uh, Damon. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, you and I, I guess, have known each other for, a, I don't know, about three years? Three, four years, something three, like that. Years, but yeah. we haven't actually gotten a chance to sit down and talk like at length. It's usually yeah. like passing at, a, at an event or at a bar, and there's usually, you know, all the distractions that come along with that. So it's nice to be able to have you in the studio today and talk shop. Totally, totally. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. So, for those people who don't know you, which, you know, the, for the three people who don't know who you are, um, <laughs> why don't you give us a little background on your bartending experience in New York City and just in general, like, your history. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, I guess, one of those rare birds in this industry, in, in this city, in a sense, that um, I am actually from New York. 
uh, what? was born Liar. and raised here. Someone uh, that I work with, uh, I'm working with right now, actually, was from New Orleans, very glib gentleman, uh, was like, wait a minute, you're one of those mythical creatures that actually is from New York and lives and works here? And yeah, that's true. I mean, uh, I grew up here uh, sort of a child of, I'm a little bit older than some people too, I'm much basically a child of the 70s, late 70s, early 80s. Um, and I started working in the industry in, you know, a kind of a real just simple, cool place called Acme Bar and Grill, mm-hmm. uh, which was at the time just a kind of a southern barbecue joint. You know what I mean? And like we had a big lemonade machine and we made Lynchburg awesome. lemonade with Jack Daniels and wings. And we had like oyster happy hour and all that stuff. It was definitely not a cocktail joint. Um, the guy who trained me there was this guy named Rudy, who was like really cool, laid back guy, looked like Michael Jordan. Uh, strangely, Acme is now, it's kind of a emblematic of the changes in the city because Acme Bar and Grill is now this very trendy restaurant that kept the name and the location, I mean, even the signage. Uh, and it's now this really super hot, trendy, you know, fashion destination kind of restaurant. Uh, so that was my first uh, restaurant job, uh, bartending job. And, uh, you know, then I kind of evolved into a couple of other places that were somewhat similar uh, and eventually wound up uh, stumbling into uh, the Odeon in Tribeca, which is a kind of an iconic place. Yeah. Did uh, you work with Toby? It was a <laughs> that old dude. Jeez. Really? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Toby. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry about that, dude. I don't know if you're old. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Toby Cicchini, the inventor uh, of the sort of reconstructed Cosmopolitan. But, no, it was a few years after that. Um, but it's still a you know really cool place um, and a great crew there, and then from there uh, wound up at Pravda, um, which was signature for me because I wound up working with the guys from um, Employees Only mm-hmm. before they even ever thought of Employees Only, uh, uh, Jay Cosmos and uh, Deshaun Zarich, uh, and that's where the whole cocktail bug bit, uh, and I sort of you know got into um, you know really crafting cocktails and working with fresh ingredients and stuff like that. From there it went into um, a couple of other places that aren't really worth mentioning. Then opened up my own bar called uh, Blue Owl and was sort of a, um, a, a beverage director partner there uh, and left there to sort of do consulting and stuff like that. So since then, I've been working on a lot of brands. I've worked at a couple of different bars, the no- most noteworthy one probably being the Double Seven in the Meatpacking District. And then I worked at the Windsor for a while. Yeah. Uh, but it's been a lot of um, consulting and brand work up until recently, and I'm Psyched to get back behind the stick at this place I'm working at now called Betney. Cool. Whew. There we go. Nice. You did it. Yeah. Uh, so, you like going a little bit back, you started bartending in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And did you just like jump right into bartending or did you kind of like work your way into that position? Is that, is that, is that a question that we should ask? I thought you said there were no gotcha questions here. Uh, <laughs> No, uh, yeah, I did actually start out. Uh, I guess what I, what I really wanted to ask is is that something that you saw yourself doing like as something that you were going to be passionate about no uh but i sort of mean that in the best sense of the word because i um you know i was a bus boy uh and you know in the long run it turned out to be good that i did that but i just needed money like i think a lot of us when we first started you know bartending was kind of like you know you know we needed money or it was a matter of convenience or the dynamics changed so much from then to now because now people are like oh shit i want to quit my like wall street job to become a distiller or uh you know a mixologist or you know whatever totally like people are saying i dreamed of being a bartender 
And I'm like floored by that, you know, <laughs> like in this country. Like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> yeah, what's the matter with you? Uh, but, you know, I started off as a busboy and then I uh, quickly at this one place became a food expediter. And very quickly, I was like looking at the bartender going, this guy or girl has the best job in the entire restaurant. Like they don't they just seem to be just a person who's, you know, yeah, they're dispensing drinks, but they're, you know, they're really in control of their environment and the environment that their working environment um and that really appealed to me you know and i also noticed that guests treated the bartender with much more respect and there was a different dynamic there and it really to me just made a lot of sense for me to do that um so um but i also just kind of fell into it because at acme i didn't you know i had a girlfriend at the time who told me to um she was like just just make it up on your resume you know just so i put some places on there that closed and i walked into acme and uh just stroke of luck they were like yeah we, we see you behind the bar and i was like really i don't know how to make drinks Score. at all <laughs> and they were like, i don't worry about that like well you know like so i learned you know like rudy showed me like counting you know yeah. like this is a shot and then i learned you know okay well i didn't call them modifiers or base spirits then it was just like you know put them into the drink and they interact this way and need a little citrus and it'll taste better. Yeah. And plus at that time it, it was there, the craft of, of making cocktails wasn't really like present. It was like, all right, I want something that's like in a martini glass and it's a certain color and it's fruity and like, it's going to get me drunk. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was like, uh, that story about the Dick Bratzel and the espresso martini or whatever. It was like a drink that'll the wake original me up. vodka Red Bull. It was like, <laughs> I want to drink some models like that. I want to drink that'll wake me up and fuck me up. You know, it was yeah. like that. And, um, just people, you know, didn't really care. Like, you know what as long as the drink was strong mm-hmm. and like was drinkable you know for the most part you know make it strong bro yeah and <laughs> then like you know but it was around the same time dale was doing some stuff at the rainbow room mm-hmm. but that was like this certain well-heeled crowd you know um it wasn't really at all part of the cultural landscape like it is today you know like in a column in esquire mm-hmm. yeah you know so it was yeah it was a very 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 different um time but also it was different for food too yeah you know, and the two go hand in hand. Now it's just light years away. Yeah, it's amazing how things changed that quickly. Like as far as like the the spectrum of history, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think you know it's a result of, you know, at least at first, a handful of people just saying, "Why are we doing this this way again?" Yeah. What does everything suck right now? Yeah. Like, I mean, really, we're using like sour mixed like at Acme, lemon X, in a big jug, like. That was a margarita. Uh, some crappy tequila that was a mixto. Mm-hmm. Triple sec. You know. Um, lemon X uh, from a gun. The soda gun, that is. And some roses, lime juice, and some, you know, kosher salt if they wanted it. Yeah. Shake it up. Use this, you know, the, the ice that you shook it up with. None of this it's basically tossing pouring it. over fresh ice and double, you know, fine straining. What the hell? No, They're like if you even used a Hawthorne strainer, that was like ten on ten, just broken off. <laughs> so ever since, like, yeah, cracking the egg, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing, and like, especially like you mentioned, Dale. It's like Dale and Jill DeGroff came on the show uh, last year, and they're freaking lovely people, and it's amazing for lovely, yeah. Uh, you know, you know, someone like to be so like psyched about it, and, and like still so pleasant and. 
and humble and humble. He could just easily be like, I've been out with Dale, you know, in London. We actually went to London with a with a brand sponsored thing, and uh, you know, I didn't know him at the time. We won at this pro cake competition, which is another strange story in, in and of itself. <laughs> and we so we go to London together, and I expected, okay, we do the tournament together. Maybe we go out for drinks one night. Dale called me every morning to like see what I was doing that day and to tell me what he was doing and like make sure that I was not left out of his plans. It's amazing. Amazing dude. And he introduced me to every, you know, every person he came into contact with when we were together in London, which were some big time people. He made sure that he knew they knew who I was. Um just yeah, you know, just a lovely, committed, generous and like humble guy, like a true like mentor kind yeah. of personality. And he's seen like the whole shift, you know. Yeah. Because. Like Catherine shift. <laughs> like, like he's worked the long shift. <laughs> yes, he has. Uh, he's put his time in as much as um, as much as anyone. And, and you know, as I said, been such a big part of this resurgent of um, this renaissance in the industry. Um, and uh, you know, he's been someone I could go to f- uh, for advice. And I love the fact that Dale is not like you know one of those people who everything has to be built around spirits and cocktails you know what i mean like you know he's great about being a bartender and and just life you know stuff yeah, totally. too you know what i mean like he he sees everything like you know some you know many of the other people like you know uh Gary Regan or or Dave Wondrich or whatever in this broader context of like you know we're dealing with people that you know like absolutely and it's it's also taken to like you know Charles H Baker Jr you know like his whole thing you know the gentleman's companion it was all about traveling the world having good food having good drinks with good people like he was a, a huge like you know in our circle we think of him as you know like a guy who made some great drinks but he was a, an amazing very funny also and very witty journalist yeah and when you read The Gentleman's Companion, it's like he's talking. It's not just about drinks and food. It's like about life in general, like you were saying. Exactly. Um, and Dale tells a great story. Gary tells a great story. Um, to me, the best bartenders, I, you know, I want to be at their bar because of them, you know. And the the drinks, the cocktails, <clears throat> those are an accessory to, you know, the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, there are some people that I uh, I know of and whose bars I've been to who make can make like a perfect you know you know perfectly crafted cocktail, but it's boring. At oh that yeah, bar like and and also <laughs> like maybe that person's just a total asshole. You know, I don't care how good of a drink you make me. It's like if you're not a good bartender, if you're not tending to the bar and to the people, yeah, and it's really about being a host. You know, totally. Um, then that drink is going to automatically taste less delicious to me. Yeah, you'll walk out of there like. I was, you know, like you just, it doesn't leave a, you know, a mark on you. And, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean you have to be some like, hi, how are you doing? You know, some game show host or okay. something like that. Yeah. And this is cornball. You know, I see <clears throat> some bartenders these days too. Also, they have what I call like the kind of bartender smile. Like, uh, like they've been doing that for so many years. They look like, you know, their faces, I, you know, you can't see it on the radio, obviously, but their face is like frozen in this mask of like fake hospitality right, right, right. and it's like and that's kind of off-putting too like i'd rather somebody be like kind of slightly surly you know but like witty in a witty way yeah. and uh and be also kind of you know still being true to themselves 
you know, and, and caring about what they do, but are kind of like, yeah, you know, like like a French waiter or something like that, you know, right, kind of right. like, all right, this guy's a little, he can be a little bit like salty, but you know, I kind of like that. Yeah, it's, it's 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 admirable and it's it's truth. Yeah, like you know, it's genuine uh, sincerity. That's kind of like you know, if you came to my house, I'm going to treat you the same way. Right. It's like I'm going to talk shit to you a little bit. And make you kind of feel a little Bust bit uncomfortable, chops, but in the keep you on way. your toes. Yeah, totally, exactly. Because it's it's also like the responsibility of a customer to be a good customer. Yeah, as um, much as it is to be a good host as a bartender. So yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's a give and take, and it's like we should be hanging out at the bar and at the restaurant like we are hanging out at a fucking cookout. Yeah, and there are rules of engagement. You know, I mean, sort of unspoken rules of engagement. Mm-hmm. Um, well. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about some of our cocktails. Okay. All right. <laughs> and we'll be right back with Charles Hardwick. You're listening to brand new Herbert Spliffington on Heritage Radio Network. That was some pretty gnarly music, Jack. Thanks, man. Who was that? That's uh, Herbert Spliffington from an EP that I'm actually putting out this week on Friday. Oh, nice. I didn't even. I wasn't even trying to plug that. I was just really into it. Nice. There you go. Organic plugs. Fullserviceparty.com. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, right, we've been chatting with Charles Hardwick, talking about coming into the, the bar world as bartender, you know, 20 years ago. I'm sorry. I don't know if you wanted me to throw that. <laughs> Ouch. Um, I'm also a vampire, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> but talking about how like there's been a huge shift and and the way that bars and restaurants have changed and and how hospitality has changed and you know right before the break we we're talking about what it takes to be a good host and like just the responsibility of being a good host and being a good customer and that's not something that's easily learned you know and you, you said that there are a lot of people with that fake hospitality. Um, so you like on that on that note, yeah, let's talk about is... a little bit about doing brand work because you you were mm-hmm. repping for some brands before, and I feel like a lot of times like it's really hard to find that person. It's it's been difficult for me like meeting people when they work for brands that are actually genuine, yeah, and like are like behind their brand, and it's not just like a numbers game and yeah. a, a sales job for them, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that world and like how it fits in with like bartending and back and forth? 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's not a gotcha moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it is, uh, you know, I, like you, before I entered the um, payroll world of um, bartending, like you, I did, you know, a lot of consulting work, um, you know, which was great and really um, rewarding. But um, it's like one, you know, sort of facet of, of working on brands. And once I, you know, started working on um, uh, a brand and a big one at that, you know, I was exposed to this whole other reality of, you know, like you said, numbers and, and, and people, you know, you know, trying to accomplish things that, you know, <laughs> I don't know, just it was as though they really had lost touch with, you know, and this ties in with what we were saying before the break with the human element and the fact that we're dealing with actual people out there. Yeah. It's not like consumers are these, you know, vehicles for, you know, solely for your brand to just accomplish X, Y, and Z. And you can accomplish much more if you really engage the actual people kind of on a human level in a way that's not like so obviously exploitative in a, in a way, you know what I mean? So, you know, it benefited me to have been a bartender and to understand the reality of not only interacting with guests slash consumers, but also with bartenders. So I would never approach a bar. And, you know, I sort of gotten yelled at for this a lot because I never wanted to go into a bar and be like, hi, I work for X brand. Da, 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 da. Where's the bar manager who makes the decisions around here? I go in and I'd like have a drink. Usually wouldn't finish it, but I'd have a drink and spend a little bit of money. And look at the menu and get a feel for what kind of place is this? You know, what kind of bartenders do they have here? Oh, okay. Well, you know, what's the food like? And so on yeah. and so forth. And then really build a relationship or attempt to build a relationship based on what, you know, I saw and the feel I got for the place. And then try to accomplish things for the brand afterwards as opposed to trying to go in and, like, buy their loyalty or, you know, accomplish something through, you know, just something that was solely superficial. Yeah. Um, and, you know, behind the bar, you're trying to affect sales, too. Exactly. And it's in the same way, too. It's not like, you know, like you were saying, like, hey, welcome to such and such bar. Like, you should try our special shot of the yeah, day. My name is Josh and we have an instant. My know, name he, is Josh and I'll be your server. Yeah, and this <laughs> like, is New York, man. People are like, you know, you know, pretty. I don't, like, I don't even remember like most people that I work with names. Right. I'm not going to like approach Like, I hate it when waiters come up to the table and they're like, oh, I'm Melissa and I'm going to be your server today. It's like. I have already forgot your name. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just be just be good at your job. Just be good. And like, and you know, who wants to be the person that we've all been ex- extremely irritated by, who asks your name or knows it somehow, overhears it, and then every time they want something, they say your name. So That's the verbal like, tip. Hey, Charles, Charles, can you get Charles? Can you? It's like, dude, like all you have to do is tell me what you need, and like you don't have to like wear my name. <laughs> and so you know, in the capacity of a brand person, you know, you have ways in shorthand to like. Remember people, you know, important people and find out who they are and stuff like that. But you, you know, I was at one of my former accounts the other night and I don't, I'm not working on the brand anymore, but they still like know me and like me and are like cool with me. And I say hi to them. And, it, you know, it was because I like the place, you know what I mean? And it's it and you did your me job the right way. Yeah. I mean, I, I like to think so anyway. And um, there were so many things that I got done for my brand, which was not really a, a mixology brand, let's say, um, it was a vodka company, and I got things done for that brand that um, that using those methods that people were like, "How did you do that?" 
Yeah. Um, the stuff that I was proud of, you know, with, with flavored vodka, you know, and getting like certain, you know, mixology places to pick it up. But, you know, I could, it was, couldn't get it on the menu, but it was still like a coup to get it yeah. in the actual door and get them to actually, actually pick it up because they were like, you know what? This is, you know, Charles is working on this. Like, well, you know, we'll help him out or whatever. And, uh, you know, it's, I couldn't have done that if I hadn't uh, built the relationships that I had as being a bartender and approached brand work in that way. Yeah, absolutely. I remember, like, when I used to. Work, I had the pleasure of working at Linnell's uh, mm-hmm. a few years back. And if <laughs> someone came in with a brand, or uh, working for a distributor, if someone came in and did, like you said, like the uh, like the uh, the brand uh, ambassador, and like do the spiel, and like, hey, uh, who's like, uh, can I talk to your uh, bar manager? Like, first thing you know when you walk in, what would happen with us? We'd be in the shop, we'd be working, you know. And someone would come in and, like, if they did that spiel, like, came in, like, hey, so I work for so-and-so, like, doing the cold call. Yeah, and they act like you, because you work for a certain brand, that someone's supposed to fall at your feet. Here's my card. Yeah. That's, like, that's sales. That's not, not like, nurturing, like, the brand and what it is. But she would throw shit at them. And she would chase people out of her store. Uh, Eat them alive, I'm sure. And, like, we're talking. And knows more about their brand, probably, than they do. Oh, yeah, totally. And that's, you know, we were talking actually before the show about, like, some of our favorite brand ambassadors, like like Adam Harris from Maker's Mark. Totally. When he came in and introduced himself, he was walking around the store, drinking a little whiskey, talking shop, just talking about whiskey. Yeah. And then, like, right before he left, he was buying some stuff, threw down his Maker's Mark credit card, and then it was like, oh, shit, that's a sweet credit card. And he's like, yeah, I actually work for Maker's Mark. And it's like, that was, like, the organic way of doing it. Just like you said, like, when you walk into a bar, like, you don't, like... Ask the bartender's name and like fill the place out and like do the hard sell. Like it's like there's a, a really responsible way of doing that. And you wouldn't just like as like a host and as a human, you wouldn't just like jump down somebody's throat. Yeah, and I mean I would say to people all the time, you know, and bartenders and um, you know, beverage directors and stuff, is like, we work for you. You know, we are like I'm it's my job to like help you guys out because you're the ones who are like on the ground talking about talking to people about spirits and cocktails and things like that. And we need to be a part of that conversation. That's a big, that's what, you know, that's our goal. And the only way we can, you know, you can be, we can sort of help you to be advocates for us is to, you know, foster that kind of um, bond. Um, And that can't happen (laughs) if you're going in and you're like, you know, looking around the room and not looking the person in the eye like, oh, is my brand on the back bar? Are we on the menu? And you're like, just get out. Yeah. You know, I was having a conversation um, on Monday with a good bartender buddy of mine, and he's opening up his own place soon. And he was talking about how, like kind of going back to what we were talking about before about, uh, you know, like the the permagrin bartender, you know, (laughs) and how they're, like to me almost untrustworthy um yes. but but like you know those people that can make you like the most amazing drink but their their intentions are like their attitude is kind of fake yeah um that can make that drink taste bad and so on the flip yeah. side of that you know some of my favorite bartenders don't work in cocktail bars most of my favorite bartenders oh, you're don't kidding? Dude, you pour me a high life and a shot of frenette like i'm i'm happy yeah, man you, if you entertain yeah. me and like if you're you know part of the the party yep. you know with you know being responsible behind the bar not of drinking course. Yes. but but um but not touching a drop yeah not even touching a drop yeah, no way that doesn't happen but uh but you know we were having this conversation about how when we open up 
the next place how we kind of want to hire staff members from like waiters and bartenders from like chain restaurants from like midtown people who have dealt with the worst fucking people in the world under the worst conditions and have had to like suffer through it and you know high volume um these people that in the stupidest requests like can you cut my straw in half yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's a good one man but like yeah i was like dude totally like uh my band was playing a show in midtown uh, a few weeks ago at some hotel and we decided and i um, I was happy to say for the longest time that I'd never eaten it at any chain restaurants in New York City. Mm-hmm. And that was true up until a few weeks ago. We went, we were walking around. Our load-in time and sound check was at like 1 in the afternoon. We weren't going on stage until like 10. Wow. So we had a lot of time to kill. Mm-hmm. Went by Rudy's Guitar Shop. Went to Jimmy's Corner. I don't know if you've ever been to that bar. Uh, one, yeah. It's well, like the one dive Oh, yeah, bar. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's one awesome. Um, and then we decided like just because we thought it'd be funny to go to Olive Garden and ironic dining yeah yeah so it's right in the middle of times square and i actually was up until recently was just was working with a girl who worked at that olive garden nice and she was like i make shit tons of money there though yeah <laughs> i was exactly. like oh, you're working she was like this is kind of embarrassing that i work at olive garden yeah that's amazing i bet like the thing is like the the waitress that we had was awesome and she was so thankful for like a group of like you know cool cool dudes right. like coming yeah. in and like you know drinking beers and like tipping well and even though they did gratis but you know they have to do that yeah, for yeah. tours and, yeah. and all that stuff but i i was like thinking for like thinking about it very long and hard i was like dude we should totally hire this girl at one of our restaurants because she has dealt with everything and she's like dealt with such high volume and she's like all over it like Usually, like, it kind of sucks, but, like, a lot of times at, like, cocktail bars and, like, fancy restaurants, like, you get a resume and it's got, like, TGI Fridays on it and you're, like, you just fucking chuck it. But, like, let's rethink that. Right. Now. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, like, you know, and you know, I've worked with, you know, events. I was talking about this the other day with someone. I've worked events with, you know, some of these, um, like, you know, some craft bartenders, let's say, mixologists. And it starts getting, you know, it's a bigger event, let's say, and there's a bunch of people waiting for drinks. But in an orderly, orderly way. And... They're like, I can't deal with this. I can't work under these conditions. This is ridiculous. <laughs> and they get like all. Where's thrust, my half by three quarter jigger? Yeah, like I, you, you have no, you know, uh, you don't have uh, cold draft. Yeah, you don't have a urine mixing glass. What the hell, you know, like a how do you thing? do it? Yeah, and it's make like, it work, dude. That's bartending. Seriously, yeah, like you make it work. You know, with what's in front of you, and um, and you certainly don't get like you know up on your like on a pedestal. And like, you know, like you're, you know, some brain surgeon. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm totally with you on that, man. I think, you know, the, the, the people who have dealt with things like that can be, and I work with uh, many of them, they can be like some best people. And just like open, like a, a guy I'm working with now is like totally like, to the point of being like annoying. He's like, <laughs> okay, show me something. What are you doing? What you got going here? And I'm like, dude, how are you like eight years old? But it's great <laughs> in, a, in a bigger sense because... He's not jaded and he's totally into like just, you know, I want to learn as much as I can. That's great. And approach this with an open mind. Yeah. And that's great because like, especially like old dogs like us, you know, it's like, you know, we can, yeah. we can easily get stuck in our ways, but you know, we, we evolved and we wanted to learn more and you know, we might have like fancy mixing glasses and gold plated bar tools and all that <laughs> stupid shit. But you know, if we go on a camping trip, 
you and I are still going to be able to make a cocktail. Yeah, you're doggone right. Yeah, we'll take some snake venom and, I don't know, a little yeah, stream man. water. No, dilute it. No, you didn't dilute it. We'll shake it with some tree bark chips. So Squeeze we like, some agave from a cactus, <laughs> some sap or something. And we can make it happen. Yeah, well, totally. Especially if Nick Strangeway is there with us to, uh-huh. to forage for us <laughs> and find ingredients. No, those are poisonous. Those are good. Oh, okay. The stripe was going a different <laughs> way. I almost did that. No, not the five ways. Four. Yes. <laughs> Jesus, it's already been 30 minutes. Um, oh so I guess the moral of today's show was, don't be a dick. <laughs> yes, don't be a dick. Uh, or most of the time, yeah. 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 Don't get caught being a dick. Yeah, I guess that's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Charles, I can't wait to have you on again sometime. We're out of time for today, but it's been a real pleasure having you in the studio finally. Yeah, me too, man. I loved it. Uh, it was a good, ch- good chance to t- catch up and just share some stories. Absolutely, man. Psyched. Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, that's it for the Speakeasy this week. Uh, I guess we'll be seeing people this weekend at the Manhattan Cocktail Classic. Um, We may not see you, but you'll see us. (laughs) All right. We'll check in next week. That's it. Cheers. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.